Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers podcast. On today's episode is the Battle of Alberta back with a big move over the weekend. Calgary just bring their name back along with the Edmonton Oilers. We will talk about that. Plus, an interesting signing on this day in Oilers history. We will talk about that. And Brett Kulak's season report card. Probably the best defenseman on the Edmonton Oilers. We will talk about that and much more on today's episode Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers. Your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Oilers podcast. I'm your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned, the Calgary Flames made a massive deal over the weekend. So what does that mean for the Battle of Alberta? Is it officially back, baby? Seemed like it wasn't for a little bit, and then maybe it might have been. We will talk about that in just a bit. Plus, on this day in Oilers history, as mentioned, the Edmonton Oilers signed a pretty notable name. We will talk about him and what he's still doing with the Edmonton Oilers right now. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Plus, Brett Kulak, what a season he had for the Edmonton Oilers. It may have only been 18 games in the regular season, but he earned himself a contract and earned himself some notoriety around the league. Thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Plus, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts <clears throat> where we're going to start today is with the big move that happened over the weekend well basically just before the weekend hit at about 10 p.m on friday night i remember i was talking on the phone with my father and i said whoa 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 how great just still with matthew kachuk now matthew kachuk went to florida along with a conditional fourth round pick as well and coming back to Calgary was quite the haul that a lot of people, including myself, did not see coming. Heading back to Calgary for Matthew Kachuk and that conditional. Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, prospect Cole Schwint, and a conditional first round pick in 25 gel draft. Now, as I mentioned, not a lot of people really saw that type of return coming for Matthew Kachuk. Mostly because, basically, any team who got into discussions with Calgary were going, well, he doesn't want to be there, so what's the... That's what I think not only myself, but a lot of people went into that trade, or a trade in general, going, okay, Calgary may get fleet. Probably going, don't want a team to get fleeced. But uh, Calgary was probably going to get fleeced in a deal for Matthew Kachuk, all things considered. Didn't. Depending on what side of the trade you're on, it seems like a lot of people either go, oh, Calgary got fleeced or Florida got that is that that's the sign of an even trade because then all their fans go, oh, we won that trade. Oh, no, we lost that trade. So does Calgary actually get better? Does the Battle of Alberta back? Well, if I'm going to be 100% honest with you, Battle of Alberta 
was kind of back, yes. The, the, the Calgary Flames acquired another top-end talent, a guy who scored over 100 points this year. Plus, Mackenzie Weger is a very solid, not only offensive defenseman, but a very solid in his own end as well as a deep. So, the, the Calgary Flames get two uh, NHL-ready players right there. So... How does that affect their lineup? Well, according to Daily Faceoff, this is the current lines for the Calgary Flames. They have uh, Jonathan Ubado. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of fun. Jonathan Huberdo, uh, Elias Lindholm, and Tyler Toffoli as the first line. Second line is Andrew Mangiapane, uh, Michael Backlund, and Blake Coleman. Third line is Jacob Peltier, a, a prospect in the organization. Sean Monahan. Anyone else remember Sean Monahan? And Dylan Dubé round out the third line. And then finally on the fourth line, Milan Lucic, Kevin Rooney, and Trevor. Now, as I mentioned, Huberto does bring back that top quality player. But is that really a better forward than Oilers lines right now are Evander Kane, Connor McDavid, and take your pick, Tyler Yam. Then Zach Hyman, Leon Dreisaitl, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Third line is Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, and Yessa Puyarvi. Then the fourth line of uh, Matthias Janmark, the newest Edmonton Oilers. Derek Ryan, the... Swiss Army Knife, as uh, Jay Woodcroft puts it, and Devin. Now, if you compare the two forward cores, going with the Edmonton Oilers, especially considering if you took a look at the forward core for the last year, especially at the start of the year, because the Edmonton Oilers didn't have event. Kane Ryan McLeod wasn't an NHLer. Yes, a Garvey was on the first Oilers line. Zach Hyman, people weren't sure what was going to happen. There's a lot of question marks going into the the the, the season, I guess, last year on their forward core, in their forward core. Now, you take a look at this and any other move that the Edmonton Oilers make, whether it's on the forward core or we get into the deep core as well, Edmonton Oilers just that much. Flames still have needs. Whoever they add for their top end, or their, their excuse me, their uh, forward core is going to be a need. Whoever the Edmonton Oilers add in forward or at forward is going to be a little cherry on top. Now let's look at the defense. This is where I think the Calgary Flames may have a little bit of an advantage, a little bit, but I'm not too sure. I'll let you uh, uh, decide on that. The Calgary Flames now have a decor of Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson as their top pairing. Mackenzie Weger slides into that two spot with uh, Chris Tanev. I love that pairing. If I'm going to be 100% honest, Weger and Tanev sound nasty, especially considering what Chris Tanev can do to top end town. And the third pairing of Oliver Shillington and Nikita Zadorov, two defensemen I really like as well. So that third pairing, quite impressive. Now for the Edmonton Oilers, they have Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci on the top line, or top pairing, excuse me, 
Second pairing of Brett Kulak and Evan Bouchard. And a third pairing of Philip Broberg and Tyson Berry. Now, this is where I was going to mention that the Edmonton Oilers do like to run an 11-7. Well, Jay Woodcroft does. So, you can take away maybe a Devin Shore. Maybe a Derek Ryan, depending on the forward core. Then you bring in a nice big man by the name of Marcus Niemelainen. Or could a Vincent DeHarnay slide in? That is the thing about the Edmonton Oilers is that still have a lot of guys who make the NHL lineup and a lot of guys that a lot of people in the organization would be very comfortable in having in the NHL lineup right now. Calgary Flames don't. Now, do I like the defensive pairing of Oliver Shillington and Nikita Zadorov? Absolutely. Do I love the, the pairing of Chris Tanev and Mackenzie Weger? Absolutely. Not the best. They, uh, hey, chemistry is the number one thing when it comes to defensemen, really. And when you take a look at uh, what the defensemen for the Calgary Flames can bring, it's a lot. Don't see a lot of grit in that. So you're playing Milan Lucic on the floor. Or Nikita Zadorov. Which basically the Calgary Flames like to run their uh, organization around as being tough. Where's the toughness in the first three lines? Jacob Peltier? No. Mangiapane? No. Sean Monaghan? He might hurt himself. Think the Edmonton Oilers, and you know what? I'm not even going to say anything. I know the Edmonton Oilers are still the best team in Alberta, despite the trade for Jonathan Huberto. Now, what can the Calgary Flames do to get better? Well, maybe we can talk to Jess from Locked On Flames a little bit later on this week. I won't promise anything, but maybe we can talk about just what the Flames can and will do with the rest of the uh, free agency period. Because let's be real. Hey, Nazem Kadri hasn't signed yet. John Klingberg hasn't signed yet. Calgary Flames still have a lot of cap space. The Calgary Flames, imagine if they got Nazem Kadri and had a first line of Jonathan Huberto, Elias Lindholm, and Nazem Kadri. Then I would say the Battle of Alberta is back. But till then, I still say it is in the north of Alberta, well, central Alberta, Edmonton. But uh, we will talk a little. Well, first of all, let's just briefly say what a trade that was uh, taking all Oilers fandom out of it that was a, a, a trade of the century really that was a massive trade on a Friday night so Calgary and Florida thank you so much for giving us something to talk about on this Monday morning but also considering that there isn't much to talk about on this day we decided to take a look back of what the Edmonton Oilers used to do or had done on this day in this past or in the past excuse me on July 25th and on July 25th 2013 the Edmonton Oilers signed the defenseman of the future what was the contract that they gave this player and is he still on the Edmonton Oilers spoiler alert Yes, he is, and for a very long time. We will get on to that in just a little bit. But first, I want to tell you a little bit more about our partners over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. 
Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, college sports they have, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Uh, from live in game betting to scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game. Alrighty, let's move on to On This Day in Oilers History, kind of a, a new-ish segment for uh, uh, this, uh, this show. Let's be real, there's not a lot to talk about on a July 25th, especially considering the Edmonton Oilers haven't done anything last Sunday when they signed Matthias Janmark, and since then, Matthias Janmark has posted a photo of himself already wearing an Oilers jersey at what seems to be John Klingberg's wedding. I'm not sure who it is, but hey, loving the representation already, Matthias. But on July 25th, 2013, the Edmonton Oilers signed the defenseman of the future. I was going to say someone who they thought would be, but he is the defenseman of the future. He still is on the Edmonton Oilers. On July 25th, 2013, the Edmonton Oilers signed an entry-level contract, so a three-year deal, for defenseman Darnell Nurse. Yes, Darnell Nurse signed his first Edmonton Oilers contract on this day in 2013. Since then, Darnell Nurse has played almost 500 games as an Edmonton Oilers, uh, an Edmonton Oiler, excuse me, 477 to be exact, with 54 goals, 138 points. Good for 192 points, or 138 assists, excuse me. Good for 192 points in his career. In the playoffs, however, 36 games played, most of those, well, 16 of those, came this past season with two goals, nine assists, 11 points for him there. Now, the interesting thing is, is that 16 of those games were played with a torn hip flexor. Torn hip flexor. Okay, T tweak your hip for me, okay? And maybe not right now, but I just want you to, the next time you have a hip injury and try to walk, walk, not skate, not play in an NF NFL, in an NHL playoff series, just walk, walk around your bedroom. It's gonna be pretty tough. Well, he tore that basically almost off the bone and still played three series for the Edmonton Oilers on that hip. That's a leader. That is the guy that the Edmonton Oilers signed on July 25th, 2013. The Edmonton Oilers, now I know uh, later on, the Edmonton Oilers went on to sign Darnell Nurse. News in August, so uh, it was August 6th, 6th, 2021. Darnell Nurse signed his uh, eight-year, $74 million contract to a lot of dismay. Now, I bring up the fact that uh, his career highs are in goals is 16, which was 2021, which happened to be the season after, or the season before, excuse me, that Darnell Nurse signed that massive deal. His career high in assists is 31, and his career high in points is 41. 
Both happened in 2018, 2019. Well, two seasons before he's a match. Darnell Nurse is coming off a career high. Well, two career highs in his. Then, oh, excuse me, in 2020, 2021, he goes on to score 16 goals. And then he signs a big deal. But yet everybody complains about the fact that it's $9.25 million. Also complain that it's eight years, $74 million. Yet his career highs seem to be very similar to, or at least the numbers that he had before COVID and before a torn hip flexor. Very similar to Evan Bouchard. Yet a lot of Edmonton Oilers fans want, oh, sign Bouchard long-term. Give him all the money you want. Give him everything. Sorry? <laughs> Darnell Nurse just did the exact same thing the season before his uh, uh, contract extension. In fact, the season before, he scored his career high in assists and points, and then the next season, he would go on to score his career high in goals. So you don't want him long-term. You want a guy who's played one Sorry? That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Darnell Nurse is a leader in the locker room for the Edmonton. The guy played, excuse me if you've heard this before, on a torn hip flexor and still played just as good as Evan Bouchard did. Yet only one of them, do people think, deserves a massive contract. And I'll tell you who it isn't. It isn't the one who is a leader in the locker room and has been doing it since, hmm, let me check, July 25th, 2013. I know this became kind of a weirdly heated segment because let's be real, this started with on this day in Oilers history and it was the signing of Darnell Nurse. But I don't like hypocrisy when it comes to NHLers. You either like the way an NHLer plays and you use that as a comparable or you're inconsistent. Uh, evidently. Evidently. Darnell Nurse, before signing his big deal, was giving out numbers kind of similar to Evan Bouchard, but yet Edmonton Oilers fans don't want him long. Yet Evan Bouchard's putting out these numbers, but he wants him. Anyways, on this day in 2013, July 25th, or yeah, July 25th, 2013, the Edmonton Oilers signed their defenseman of the future. Thank you so much so far for your service, Darnell Nurse. I can't wait for you to hit 500 this year. 500. That's pretty, as an Edmonton Oiler, that is exciting, especially considering Edmonton Oilers a lot of very great defensemen over the last few years. Um, now they have, but uh, that's neither here nor there. I still think it's 2015. Either way, uh, let's move on to our final segment of the day, and we're sticking with the defenseman as we are going to go through Brett Kulak's season report card as the Edmonton Oilers acquired him at the trade deadline. So how did he do? What did he do? 
to basically earn that four-year, $11 million contract that he so deservedly did sign. Is that what I'm looking for? Either way, we will get into that in just a second. But first, I want to thank you for tuning in to Locked On Oilers and for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, make sure you tune in to Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Alrighty. Finally, the last segment of today. The season report card for Brett Kulak, which seemingly, which we went from one defenseman who is scrutinized all the time to what seems to be a lot of Oilers fans' favorite defenseman, not named Evan Bouchard. This is Brett Kulak, who last year was acquired by the Edmonton Oilers at the trade deadline for William Legison and a pick which basically became Lane Hudson. So the Edmonton Oilers uh, acquired Brett Kulak, Lane Hudson, and William Legison. Either way, in 74 games played last year, and obviously not all of them with the Edmonton Oilers. 74 games played, 5 goals for Kulak, 16 assists, 20 points. And then in the playoffs, which he played all of them with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, 16 games played, no goals, 5 assists for Kulak, good for 5 points. Now, Brett Kulak isn't an offensive defenseman uh, by any means. He is a shut-down defensive defenseman. Skate like the wind, baby, who can move the puck like anybody else on his team, on the defensive core, really. That's scary. The guy plays physical, he goes into corners, he doesn't care who you are in front of the net, he will knock you down and make it a real, not battle, war in front of the net what just Brett's do, but Brett Kulak has done a fantastic job during his time as an Edmonton Oiler and then went into the offseason. A lot of people, uh, the Oilers might lose this guy, might lose him, but no, no. On July 13th, the Edmonton Oilers came to an agreement with Brett Kulak. Four years, $11 million, which gives him, I believe off the top of my head, two point five million per year, but again, I'm not a math guy, so please excuse me. Either way, last year with the Edmonton Oilers, if you take a look at his advanced stats, well, let's say uh, advanced stats. It's really just goals for and goals against. My favorite stat, but they are exciting. In all situations, Brett Kulak had a goals for per 60 minutes of 3.49, which was good for eighth on the Edmonton Oilers. Amongst players who played more than 250 minutes, and I mention that because later Coop played over 200 minutes in the NHL last year for the Edmonton Oilers. He was actually uh, very high on a couple of these lists. So you now know why the Edmonton Oilers want Slater Cuckoo back in the line. Anyways, uh, in all situations, it goes against per 60 minutes for Brett Kulak. A cool 2.7, which he sat sixth on the Edmonton Oilers there. This is where it gets a little fun. Five on five for the Edmonton Oilers and for Brett Kulak, I should say. He had a 3.51 goals for per 60 minutes, which was good for... Yeah, Brett Kulak in his 18 games as an Edmonton Oiler 
that first goals for Brasic. Five on three point five one. Three and a half goals per sixty minutes that Brett Kulak is on. Guy's a defensive defenseman. Uh, defensively as well at five on five, Brett Kulak's at tenth on the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, with a 2.62, about the median number for most of the Edmonton Oilers. And then finally, a guy who played on the penalty kill and really helped shore up that penalty kill for the Edmonton Oilers down the stretch. You see why. In those 18 games for the Edmonton Oilers, Brett Kulak had a goals against per 60 minutes on the penalty kill. Or... Normally, those numbers are about the six mark, eight mark. I dig it. I dig it so much. In fact, Brett Kulak in his 18 regular season games plus the six playoff games. Brett Kulak, you get a grade of A+. Our first A+, on the defensive end, Brett Kulak. All the credit to you up that defensive core either way that is where we are going to end it today thank you so much for tuning in on this monday as starting to get into that lull of the uh off season is, is starting to the right word feels like we've been in that lull for a little bit but uh yes we will have a lot more of these more conversational type of episodes some guests coming up soon as well uh if you're one of them i'm Excited about having a couple more people on the show and giving you guys more perspectives on the Edmonton Oilers. What's best that you're here to talk about the Edmonton Oilers, best team? Well, either way, I hope you have a wonderful day. We shall see you tomorrow. Stay safe. Anything I wouldn't do.